Welcome to the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast, the show where we discuss what it takes to create a sustainable long-term online business in today's fast-moving environment. We talk with industry experts and freelancers alike to find out what it takes to build and manage a location-independent business. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast. If this is your first time listening, this is a show where we have honest and transparent conversations around building and managing an online business, freelancing and remote work. New episodes are available via your favorite podcast player to iTunes, Stitcher and Spotify. On today's episode, I'm talking with Jared Spiewak. Jared, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So, Jared, you are an interesting character who I've come across through a number of different Facebook groups. And it, it really, you came to my attention because you're doing authority sites, but also doing SEO services. So can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do? Yeah, sure. So as you already said, my name is Jared Spiewak. I'm mostly on the agency side of things doing local SEO, but Earlier this year, I got into affiliate mostly out of, I mean, it's hard to be in the Facebook groups that we have and not have some sort of interest in affiliate, seeing that most people are in the affiliate space. So eventually I just kind of caved in and decided to start a site and then I started buying some sites. So the, my kind of day-to-day is on the agency side of things, as I said, doing local SEO as well as uh, PPC with some other non-local SEO clients as well. Uh, and then kind of weekends and free time is let's you know try to figure out this affiliate stuff. Yeah, and, and I guess the skills, uh, there's a lot of crossover, I guess. It's very similar stuff. You're doing local SEO, you're doing SEO. Same tools, probably, and, and just uh, trying to navigate a very similar battlefield, really, isn't it? Um, for the most part. Uh, so the biggest difference in, I would say, n- not necessarily non-local SEO, but in terms of like scalable businesses versus local SEO, it's just uh, the amount of implementation you're doing with local SEO compared to, um, for example, there is a fairly large e-commerce site that I'm working with, like their revenue is in the millions as compared to uh, a local client, which can also be in the millions. Uh, But with local SEO, what I find is that even if I'm working with a business that does uh, 10 million a year in revenue, they typically don't have writers, they typically don't have uh, developers, they'll generally have an in-house marketing person. They may even have a digital marketing person, not just on the traditional media buying side of things. But when I find when I'm working with non-local businesses, uh, whether it be in the e-com space or SaaS or whatever it may be, because a lot of their businesses revolve either around a national reach or uh, online is pretty much how everything is done with their business, I'll find that they're more likely to have a full staff of writers, a full staff of developers. They have uh, digital marketing people that have people that understand SEO fairly well that just you know don't understand necessarily the fine details of the implementation of it, uh, so on and so forth. So what I'm finding is that uh, with non-local clients, I'm, I don't have to worry about writers. I don't have to worry about developers. I just send off like, hey, here's the changes that need to be made. Uh, so the difference, in my opinion, is where your dollar goes. I mean, you know, $5,000 to local SEO, someone that goes to changing the website, but uh, doing content, um, organizing that content or maintaining the site, whatever it may be, because they don't have people to do that. Whereas on the other side of things, it's a lot more of consulting and strategy and kind of guiding their internal teams to do the things that they're uh, best at. 
Yeah, that's awesome. In in the in the instance of having the local person who's trying to do everything, but God love them, they they typically you know wear many hats in the business, everything from the graphic designer to the writer to the web maintenance, and it can be hard for them to be an expert and move the needle for these businesses. So that's where you know working with an agency like yourselves can really help and have impact. Um, so I guess you hit there on you know, when you were getting started and getting clients. So can you wind it back for me? Because I know you started quite young in the, you know, in the SEO world and in the SEO game. So can you walk us back to when you first got started? Yeah, sure. So I got started back when I was in high school. I was a freshman in high school, which I'm assuming most of the world has four years of high school. So I was 14 at the time uh, to kind of give people a perspective in case the school system is so different elsewhere. But um so I was 14, didn't really know anything about uh, marketing or how to make money. I was too young and where I am, you have to be 16 to actually uh, get a job. So I couldn't like go out and find a job somewhere, but I was actually going to be, uh, I graduated high school a year and a half early. So I was going to be starting college soon and I had to pay for it myself. So I basically just Googled, how do you make money online? I found the normal like spam sites and like survey sites where it'll take you 10 years to make $5 on. Um, and eventually what this kind of led me to, like I heard about affiliate marketing at that time too, but I was like, you know, I don't have my own money to invest in this. This sounds really complicated. Um, but I eventually found a site called Hire Writers. And basically what that was is it, most people are probably, probably familiar with text brokers, pretty much the same thing. Uh, people paid me for really cheap content, mostly SEO content. And that kind of got me into the world of knowing what SEO was. It's just writing really keyword stuffed content. This was back in 2012. So it was a lot of content that was just like, uh, write about this topic using this keyword, you know, 15 times with it. And they didn't really care what the content said, as long as that keyword was used, you know, 15 times or whatever. And that kind of got me to eventually ask like, Hey, you know, like, why do you need this? Like, this sounds really weird. This is, you know, crap content. Um, and then eventually I actually had someone ask me to write an article about, I think it was like a 300 or 500 word article on like how to do SEO or like the top 10 benefits of SEO or something which kind of kind of clicked. I was like, oh, okay, that's why I'm writing content like this. Um, and then I kind of ignored it for a while. That was just kind of like where I started. And then I actually also did a little bit of stuff on Craigslist. Um, the timeline here, I can never remember because it was long ago and I didn't really do a whole lot here, but I was basically like a, a quote unquote a gig worker. So like if someone needed like a app developer, I would you know, try to teach myself app to bell and someone needed like a book writer, I was there, someone needed like a math tutor, or someone needed like marketing help for their business, which is kind of funny, like I would literally go out and meet people being like 14 years old, where they were like, in their 30s or 40s, seeking someone that needed, you know, they needed help with marketing for their business. And I was just there like, hey, you know, here's my advice, because you know, I know nothing, but you're, you're gonna listen to me. So um, interesting, um, kind of time doing that. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of like my start. Yeah, but look, it takes took, took a lot of confidence really to to go and do that at, at that age to get out there and um yeah, try and sell yourself really at the end of the day. That's what you were trying to do at that point, sell yourself to these clients that they might hire you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I definitely kind of relate my um my ableness because I'm I'm a very introverted person. I relate a lot of my willingness to kind of just like jump on a call with people uh, and not really uh you know be able to kind of do like quote unquote sales, um, even though I'd say it's all my weaker side of skills side of things, um, to being able to at one point being willing to just like go out, meet with strangers and like, you know, kind of do whatever I needed to do, convince them that I knew what I was talking about, uh, so on and so forth. But what's funny is that um, I don't know where it came from, because I don't think I'd be willing now to just 
go on Craigslist and meet strangers if I was getting started and just do whatever. I think now I'd be a lot more worried about, um, you know, like safety and all this other stuff. So I, I was literally just like throwing all caution to the windows, like, oh, you know, the, you know, this random person I've never met before said, hey, come meet me at, you know, this location. Or even sometimes I'd meet people at their houses. So, I mean, <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't get murdered. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, so you were actually you were going and you were physically meeting people that you were getting um that were posting these gigs on uh, on Craigslist so it was using higher riders but you were also you know feet to the ground getting out there meeting people and and trying to uh you know get them to buy your services yeah kind of i mean nothing big ever came from it anyone that's kind of worked on upwork is going to know that the quality of a lot of stuff that is there is pretty crap but it, what it gave, gave me was um, a large amount of experience to a, doing a bunch of different things, whether it was um, kind of sales experience by just kind of talking to people, whether it was development experience. So that's something that's a hobby of mine is uh, development. So at the time, I was learning a little bit about app development through um, Xcode, which is the program you'd use to create um, apps for the um, for iTunes um, or the, the Apple Store, whatever it's called. And so I was kind of learning that. And then like, I find someone that was like, Hey, I need an app built. So I'd like talk to them, build them like a small little app. And most of the time uh, people would be like, you know, like I can't pay you or like I have like $50 to my name or whatever it is. So I really wasn't even like the higher writer stuff. It was really wasn't quote unquote making money with it. It was more of, I was doing stuff. <laughs> yeah. Look, but you know what? You were feeling out your interests, you were exploring it and, and you were building, like you say, skills that maybe, a relative further on down the line, like sales skills, negotiation, um, and look, the ability to to have these conversations and face rejections in a lot of cases. Um, you know, anybody who's selling a service, especially running an agency like you do, I mean, sometimes you have to put together proposals, you'll do your bids, you'll do calls, and you don't get the job, you know, and that's, right. some people can retreat into themselves and be like, oh, maybe I don't, maybe I'm not good enough, blah, blah, blah. But like, these are, these are, this is business. This is just the way it is. It's, it's numbers and it's getting out there. And the more people you meet, get in front of, um, the more likely you are to have, uh, you know, conversions essentially at the end of the day. Great. It's definitely a numbers game and on the kind of point of, um, giving proposals and kind of sometimes losing them, sometimes winning them. What I find is, what I find is interesting is that definitely over time, uh, when you've, when you've, done enough proposals when you've gotten enough yeses when you've gotten enough no's it doesn't it doesn't bother you as much to kind of go into a call and be like hey if they say yes like great that's an extra client if they say no oh well um, but there's always going to still be those clients or those projects that you're super passionate about that when you get no to's it still hurts just as much as if you had just spent you know three months trying to get your first client and then they said no to you and you feel as though you wasted a lot of that effort i mean that happened to me uh, just a couple months ago there was a there's a client that we um, we had done an initial paid engagement with them to kind of determine you know, if we kind of would go forward with a normal like retainer and fixing all the issues with their site for SEO. It was a clear path of exactly what they needed. It was a super kind of, you know, quote unquote, easy project in our eyes because we knew exactly what we needed to do in order to fix the numerous issues that were with the site. This would be a really easy win, a ton of experience within their niche. I got a got a got along well with the the owner of the company and their marketing person we go into the call and it just didn't work out I heard back from him a couple weeks later tried working out again it didn't work out again and that was so even you know, I've I mean I've been you know quote unquote pitching you know in some sort of way in some sort of capacity for like seven years um, but that 
it still hurt. And it's still like one of those things where like every once in a while it'll be like, oh man, what could I have done better? And it's still like something that you'll beat yourself up again. So I think like the emotional side of things, um, well, it's still a numbers game, but you're never completely distant from the emotion side of things. And I think if you are, then that's a problem in and of itself. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we're all humans at the end of the day, driven by our biochemistry. So it's uh, <laughs> in a lot of ways, <clears throat> you know, you're, you're going to feel, uh, you know, a wave of, uh, uh, emotions like you're saying but you know in a situation like that I mean you, you played all your cards what you felt was right and it just didn't work out but look it's not to say it won't in the future maybe the person who they go with doesn't work out and they'll come running back <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe you know so look I get so when we transition here from you know like meeting people in person doing a bit of stuff on higher riders like when did you and what did you do like what or sorry when did you kind of up the game a little bit and you know what was it that helped you to let's say get bigger clients allow you to do this you know in a more full-time role yeah sure so the higher writer stuff uh, as i said that was like in 2012 i i finished uh let me see my timelines here i graduated college in 2015 i believe uh, so basically what happened was i did the higher writer stuff for a little bit uh, then I ended up getting at the same time I had some like local jobs like I worked in a restaurant for a little bit while also doing stuff on the side I worked as a dishwasher um, for a retirement home on the side as well um, and then uh, eventually kind of got into college and I was applying for various marketing types of jobs because I I have a degree in marketing. That's what I was going to school for. Uh, so I was like, hey, you know, you know, people may, may be willing to hire me if I'm going to school for this. So I actually got managed to get a corporate marketing job for a real estate company. It's a local company that's very well known. They they own a lot of commercial and residential businesses. It's not like they're the business the buildings that they buy is like they do like four and a half five million dollar deals to buy a building to turn that into like four hundred different apartments. So like I was on the residential marketing side of things, just doing a little bit of online stuff um, for them just to try to get uh, listings kind of filled. Uh, so I was doing that for a little bit, I kind of put all that digital and uh, SEO stuff aside for a while. Didn't really think about it too much because I was like, oh, you know, I have a corporate job. Like this is, you know, this is what success is. And then I was there for, I think, six months when I was like, I hate this. Um, and I was there for another about six to eight months, um, just kind of figure out what I wanted to do, whether it would be to try to move up within the company, which the company itself, I didn't really like. There was a lot of um, kind of misleading. There was a lot of kind of office politics. Um, and I was like, you know, what do I want to do? I started working on Upwork again, probably around that six month part when I was like, hey, I don't really want to do this anymore. I, um, sorry, I started working on Upwork. Originally I had found Upwork, but I'd never gotten jobs on it. So I like went back to my profile, uh, took a little bit more serious. I like Google things like how to write a good Upwork profile or like how to write a good Upwork proposal um, to try to like edit that around. I put myself at $10 an hour. Nobody hired me. So I dropped my hourly rate down to $5 an hour. And I started working a little bit for $5 an hour. Uh, what I always think is funny is a lot of people will say like their VAs, they hire, a lot of people hire their VAs from like the Philippines. My first job was actually working for someone from the Philippines. Um, so I was working on one of their sites quite, and I was working a for, of events. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was working on one of their sites for like five bucks an hour. Then I worked for um, a contractor for about like five, 15 hours, something like that. And I did a couple of jobs. Uh, like I think I did like two or three projects for each of those two people. Um, and then eventually I just like increased my hourly rate a little bit on Upwork. Um, and then 
I was working for like $10 an hour for a little bit. And then I just increased it, increased it as I, you know, gain another client as most people do. And eventually I was still kind of like, Hey, this is like a side thing just to make a little bit of extra money while I kind of figure out what I'm actually going to do. But then eventually I did a proposal for a job and it, it apparently was for an agency and they were like, Hey, um, you know, got on the call with the CEO. He was like, Hey, I really loved the, they had me do like a video audit of one of their clients. He's like, I really love what you did. I want to hire you. So I was hired full time as a on-page SEO, uh, which I think within three months that transitioned me into being the lead SEO strategist. And then and immediately upon being hired there, I put in my two-week notice at the um, at the real estate company. So that was when I really kind of got into, you know, I'm going to be doing SEO now was when I was able to kind of leave that uh, corporate kind of dead-end job and was kind of invited into the world of agency and actually doing, you know, some real SEO. Yeah. And look, you did it in you know everybody everybody wants everybody wants everything right now you know they don't want to do the work they don't want to wait and you know it's very important here that to, to, to just kind of for anybody listening like you were doing a job while you know you were still learning some marketing skills while it wasn't but you had accepted that it wasn't a job you wanted to do forever and you know you built up this profile obviously on a lower rate but with incremental increases each job every couple of weeks you know slowly lifted up to bring you to the point where you don't have to do that job or you know well luckily for you a situation like this came by where an agency was like actually we want to take you out of here and put you you know what i mean on our books which can happen happens all the time on upwork where people you know i hire i have loads of people who i pay who i hired them on upwork first and then you just end up paying them via paypal like it's just it's just how it works you know what i mean because they take 20 percent, and the freelancers are like "Uh, yeah let's let's pay you somewhere else but um but but i just think that it was it's important like look at the navigation there that you took you know you were doing the job and then building this up on the side and then it came to the pivot point where one took over the other and you put yourself in uh you know you landed in in the situation you wanted to be in right exactly and i think um you know something that i uh that i never really thought about until i look back on it and i know you know, Gary Vee is a bit, can be a little controversial within our kind of spaces, but love him or hate him. Something that most people have already heard him say is that, you know, I'm going to be remembered as an overnight success when he buys the, um, uh, whatever the sport. I, the I Jets, know nothing. isn't it? Or yeah, the Jets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know nothing about <laughs> sports. Um, so he's like, you know, I want to buy the Jets. And once I do that, everyone's going to look at me. It's like, oh, you know, this guy's like an overnight success. And like, think looking back on it, you know, I, it's definitely a lot easier. Like I can see someone being like, oh man, you know, like is no, he did this and then he got this and then he got that. But I mean, like from starting on hire writers working for like less than like a penny a word or maybe a penny a word to um, being hired by the agency, that was four years. It started in 26, 2012 and I was hired by the agency in 2016. Um, and it was not strategic whatsoever. I was just, it's a lot of um, happenstance and kind of stumbling around and kind of like one thing led to another. Uh, but something that was really interesting is um, I think his name is Darren Brown. He had a show in the UK. He was like a, he did some sort of like um, psych- psychological like magic or whatever, but he had this, um, and you can find it on YouTube. You search for like lucky dog. It's like a 45 minute documentary, basically uh, looking at luck and how they can like, someone can create their own luck, but was really interesting. And I don't know if this is faked or not, but this one guy who is 
just super unlucky. The difference between him and someone that was really lucky was just that the lucky person took enough opportunities that something good would happen. If, you know, you know, if they did 10 things, you know, maybe one of them turned out to be really good. So, you know, they would consider themselves lucky. So I think that was just, um, you know, what I did was not strategic whatsoever. It wasn't like, Hey, you know, I'm going to work for $5 an hour, build myself up and then do this. Um, it was more of, you know, I just took enough opportunities and eventually something kind of came out of it. Yeah, we were taking action, you know, taking action in the direction that you wanted to go in and, you know, accidentally on purpose or however you want to look at it, the stars aligning, like, you know, things like if you just sit there and think about doing doing something, you know, it's you nothing's going to come of it. You know, you have to take action. And sometimes, like you're saying, it, it doesn't work or, you know, you don't do the what the right thing like it might be afterwards, but like. You know, it's just, it's about taking action and then all of a sudden these opportunities can pre- present themselves because you took that action. So I think that's an important factor there really is, you know, if you're listening to this and you want to get into freelance and you want to get into building your online business, it, you know, planning and strategizing is only one part of it. You really got to just, you know, keep taking action consistently and keep chipping away at it. Right. Yeah. If you're worried about perfection, you're never going to start. No, absolutely. And and I guess, look, that can lead us a little bit into, um, you know, w- when it comes to your growing pain. So you have your own agency now over at teambluedog.com. Um, you know, and you seem to be doing really well with your local SEO clients and you're doing SEO and PPC. You know, have you had growing pains like, you know, managing outsourced teams? Do you have an in-house office? What does this all look like? Yeah, sure. So some, some historical kind of, um, pains have been one is kind of transitioning from the freelancer mindset to the agency mindset which on the freelancer side of things is mostly like i have a certain amount of clients i know everything about their site like the back of my hand i customize every single little aspect to each individual client because i mean if i have five clients if each client is paying me let's say you know two grand a month, that's 10 grand a month as a freelancer, you don't have a ton of expenses. And so like you, you can be making a very solid income for yourself with only a few clients where the very different side of things is that, okay, well, now, on the agency, you have to worry about creating content marketing, you know, a lot more sales calls and how to balance all that with profitability and margins and scalability and SOPs and uh, yada, yada, yada. So there's just a lot more moving pieces. And one of the challenges for me, because I'm not good at time management whatsoever, is just finding the balance of what to work on right now, what to put off till later. And so that's been kind of a historical um, issue with me is, you know, working on, let's say, a project such as um, something that's been killing me for the past couple of years is that for project management, uh, right now, we're just using Google Sheets, which is great tool. I do a lot of stuff with Google Sheets and like Google Sheets automation and whatnot. So it's working okay. And I tried to move over to a project management system. So it was like a week of like research and, you know, trying to figure out how this would work, whether it would work, start to move over to that, figure out, hey, this isn't actually going to work, you know, so try to move over to a different system, trying to figure that out. You know, I was like, hey, this isn't going to work either. And so now we're just back to kind of doing exactly what we were doing before, which is like, okay, great, we're staying where we are. So like wasted time is a big uh, killer for me. Um, Aside from that, uh, where to put, uh, money as well. Because when I was uh, freelancing, I would just kind of pay for 
whatever because expenses for minimum was just me that I had to worry about. I didn't have to worry about, uh, hey, we need to, you know, keep the bank account growing to this amount of money. And then once we're at this financial goal, then we'll put out a job ad for this person or we'll uh, start integrating this or whatever it may be. It was more of like, okay, great. I'm making this amount per month. Oh, there's a conference. Great. I'll go to that. There's a tool. Great. I'll buy that. There's this, there's that. Just, just kind of whatever. So like the way that you manage uh, money is also very different. When I was still freelancing, a big mistake that I made was actually getting an office space. I uh, I had just landed like two or three new clients, super happy with myself. I was still working for the agency at this time. Um, basically, in between working with the agency and kind of doing my own thing, I started taking on more clients and kind of like phase them out over time. Um, so as I was taking on more clients, I was like, great, let, let me get an office space uh, locally to me. Got a, a nice big space, used it heavily for the first year. I was on a three-year lease, actually still in, am in the lease. Um, second year is kind of, on and off again, being there this final year that I've been there, have I've been there like maybe three or four times, which is mostly like moving stuff out of there. So that's been a massive kind of waste of like um, all expenses included with that is like 15 grand a year. So kind of looking back on that and be like, oh man, like that was, you know, because to me, what I was looking at, what's the kind of quote unquote definition of success? It was like, oh man, like you have, you have a in-house team, you have a, you have an office space, you have this, you have that. So I was like, great, yeah, I'm going to get an office space. And it was just a massive waste of money. I'd, I'd be perfectly fine working from home, from home, which is what I do now. Uh, we moved into our new apartment in February of this year. Um, so like now I have an entire room just dedicated to the office, which I didn't have beforehand. So it's like, you know, I don't need the office space. Like even if I were to, you know, 10x, you know, revenue and profit or whatever, I still wouldn't need an office space. Uh, so it's so making sure that I'm not spending things on you know, dumb stuff or stuff that isn't needed and trying to keep it a lot more um, minimalistic in a lot of ways is something that I'm also trying to uh, work on. I know I'm kind of just rambling here, but I'm just trying to, um, no, it's, yeah, it's I, I guess I'll leave, leave that over to you. <laughs> no, look, it's all good. But look, you went through this process, you know, you went through the process. It's what you thought was the right thing to do at that time. You know, like you're saying, maybe you're going to have an office space. You were going to bring some things in-house. I mean, there's plenty of people who I know and we know in the online world who do exactly that. And that's what helps them grow. And then there's other people who don't. So, I mean, you've, you've gone through the process and realized that it's not the right thing for you in your business. You don't need to do it. And you know, like you're saying, now you have a new apartment. You can put that money you know, once your lease ends into having, you know, maybe you can pay more rent because you're going to dedicate a whole room to be in your uh, home office you know and working mostly with remote staff but I mean at the time when you took that lease perhaps you thought I'm definitely going to hire local people and now you realize no <laughs> I'm going to hire freelancers who are on the other side of the world in like Ireland or in the Philippines or wherever and they are going to help me grow the business not somebody from down the road. Right. I think a lot of the issue for me was just which is still an issue was not having a clear vision, which is something that I've never really had. I've, I've, I'm a very kind of go with the flow type of person. So I've never really, I never started off with like, Oh, you know, I'm going to do, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to, you know, here's point A, here's point B. It was just kind of, okay, this is what I'm doing today. This is what feels good today. So like for me, like I still want an in-house team to me, that is ideal as having the majority of people be in-house but it's a matter of, is that step one or is that step 35? So what I've noticed, what I've kind of concluded over time was that, okay, let's 
take it back. Let's focus on, you know, building out the people that, you know, doing stuff that I don't need to do. Like, you know, there are plenty of online writing services. There are plenty of writing freelancers. I don't need an in-house writing person. I don't need like a full-time writing person. Um, You know, I can send it off to other people. Let me get, you know, steps one through 15 sorted out. And then let me worry about actually hiring someone uh, locally. And like, this is what I want to do with the local based people and whatever, and so on and so forth. So just kind of having that um, better idea of, you know, what is, you know, what are the next five steps versus what are the next, you know, what's within the next 25 steps, because kind of doing stuff that, you know, might not make sense for the next one to two years today can really cause a lot of uh, growing pains, if you will. Absolutely. And so what has helped you to grow the business? You know, now that you're off, I imagine, platforms like Upwork, like what is the key thing that helps you to grow the business right now? So surprisingly, Upwork is still something that I'm on. It's still probably the number one driver of clients. Yeah, it's definitely the number one driver of clients. So sorry, that was a wild assumption by me. (laughs) (laughs) no it's it's fine i mean uh, most people most people assume that which is good because it keeps competition for me down is that most people think that upwork is you know not a very good place for clients but i mean like at the end of the day i mean there are five figure a month clients to be found um through there and i found enough work that what i've been able to do is focus is worry a lot less about other channels for now i've actually lowered the amount of uh, acquisition work that we're that we've been doing because of how well Upwork has been, um, so that I can focus on what I felt as though I haven't had a lot of time to focus on, which was improving kind of our processes and uh, systems in terms of how we do things and kind of more defining, you know, what, what's needed, where are the redundancies in the work that we're doing, where are things that I've had, you know, where. What are things that I felt as though we should be looking at or paying attention to that I wrote down, you know, like a year ago that I'm just now getting to. And so what I'm actively working on right now is with the process that we do, uh, which is called Blueprint, which I gave a talk on um, in Chiang Mai uh, last year, which is kind of like an initial engagement we do with clients to kind of create a strategy for them is kind of remove some of the redundancies within that speed it up. Um, it's, it used to take three to four weeks and now it's, and now it's been about two weeks and I'm trying to get it back. I'm trying to get it down to being just to take one week and do that kind of integrating different APIs and softwares and automations and removing redundancies and kind of simplifying and making the process prettier and more kind of, um, uh, easier for clients to consume and all that kind of stuff. So right now my focus is on improving what the business does um, while kind of Upwork is just kind of automatically generating kind of leads and phone calls or whatever so that I can spend 80% of my time improving what we do, 20% of my time trying to get new clients. And then once I feel a lot more confident in what we're doing and I feel as though it's where I want it to be, then I can be like, okay, great. Let's turn on the other marketing stuff that was working beforehand, which was things like, um, cold emailing was a lot of what I was doing. Uh, and then there's a various other things I've never dived into in terms of trying to generate clients like uh, Facebook ads, and webinars and stuff that I want to get into. But I want to feel a lot more confident about uh, kind of what we're doing first. Oh, that's completely understandable. You know, you want to be, set yourself up to scale. If you set yourself up on a rocky foundation, you know, you can take on a bunch of clients and, and then it could all go pear shape pretty quick. And, you know, you don't want that. Nobody wants that, you know, so... Exactly. Um, cool. So look, uh, with regards to uh, courses and mentorship and things like that, have you ever, you know, paid for some mentorship or uh, is there any courses that you've done that you think has helped you with regards to growing the agency side of things? Sure. So I've taken 
a lot of courses. I would say a lot of the, I wouldn't say like there was a course that I felt as though A to Z really helped me uh, just because I'm a very, I tend to be very independent and kind of figure it out myself. So I do a lot of my own research. I'll do, I'll like listen to a lot of, a lot of podcasts. I'll read a lot of books. I'll read a lot of articles and whatnot. So there's a lot of stuff that I just gained through my own kind of curiosity and research. Um, but then I've been able to refine certain things through courses. And to me, um, historically, what I've done is that if I felt as though I would learn at least one thing from a course, I would buy that course, you know, not necessarily the best mentality for everybody. Um, but for example, um, one thing that really helped me in terms of closing was um, Daryl Rosser has his or had his, I don't know what he's doing with this right now, but his agency immersion program, which was being heavily promoted in um, like 2017, 2016. And I got into that, and what really helped me with that one was what I was doing beforehand was just sending proposals across. And his kind of method, or I don't know if he learned this or if he got it from someone else, but was to basically have a screen shared um, slideshow and basically do a proposal like that. And so then I switched my proposals to doing that. And now every single proposal that we do, it's literally Google Slides, sitting down with the person on a screen share, going through it slide by slide answering questions there rather than just sending it across. And that kind of immediately helped close um, a lot more clients than beforehand because it wasn't just like, you know, send a document across through email, kind of follow up and hope for the best. So I would say that would, that was probably one of the biggest um, impacts for um, in terms of being able to kind of grow the agency. Another uh, good thing is the lab for various reasons, just kind of refining SEO processes and um, being able to connect with um, high-level SEOs within that, which is run by like uh, Matt Diggity, um, Mark Luckenbaugh, and a bunch of other people. Yeah, definitely. I, I believe I'm, I seen what Daryl Rosser was doing with regards to the uh, proposals. Really what you were talking about there is if you know, first you got to get somebody's attention, you know, and, and that's what you do through be that cold email outreach or, you know, LinkedIn or there's any amount of ways. There's so many different ways you can try to get people's attention. Lumpy mail. I mean, there's, you know, all you're trying to do is get them on that call to give you that 10 minutes and offer them value on that call where you maybe you've researched some of their competitors, maybe you've done it, you know, you've, you can run their tool through Ahrefs, SEM rush, and, you know, quickly you can gauge like, oh, they don't have a lot of backlinks. They don't have could have poor on page, whatever, you know, there's a lot of different things you can do. And you're just trying to give them a couple of quick points where you talk them through it, like you say, rather than just like, here's a document. And they're like, meh, I don't understand any of that, whatever. But, you know, if you can explain to them by talking with them on the, you know, as you go through the slides, um, you know, it can have a much higher conversion rate for you as a, as a freelancer, especially as somebody selling SEO services. Right. And the the thing I hear all the time is that, you know, other people just don't take the effort. I mean, like when someone shows me their site and they're like, Hey, you know, like I'm looking to hire someone to do like SEO for the site. And if I see their site, I'll shoot them like a 15 minute video of me just going over their website, generally just super basic SEO stuff. So I don't get too technical for them. And to them, it'll still be mind blowing because they've never had someone explain it to them before. So it really doesn't take a whole lot to impress someone that you know has no kind of uh, SEO knowledge. It's just a matter of um, you know kind of showing, kind of standing out amongst kind of everyone else they've talked to beforehand or that they will talk to. And what I found is that, um, especially through things like Upwork, is that a lot of people don't get on a phone call with people. I always get on a call um, through kind of any method. I always send over a video audit. A lot of people aren't doing that, um, and then from there it's like 
all proposals, just kind of walking them through kind of step by step, being able to answer all their questions. I mean, a lot of people are of the mentality of, uh, you know, hey, they reached out, they said they want SEO, I give them SEO, here's a boilerplate template. If they say yes, great. If they say no, whatever, I'll just wait till the next one comes across. And it's a very kind of impersonal um, approach, which I guess, you know, works for some people and their personalities, but it's just not something that I agree with. Yeah, I think you're you're doing it the right way. You know, you're offering higher value. You're more likely to convert them. And, uh, you know, once you get them on the call and you can share, you know, for a lot of people, SEO is confusing and it's difficult and they don't fully understand it. And, you know, you're removing those barriers by explaining things. And also been like, this is how you do this thing. And I can do that for you. You don't need to worry about it. I'll take care of it. <laughs> you know, you just need, you're selling the benefits of the end outcome, not the, um, you know, how you do it, you know, that's a big mistake a lot of people make too. It's, you know, I get you more business, we get you more calls, you don't need to worry about it. We take care of the execution. Whereas if I'm telling you, oh, I'm going to do this report and I'm going to pull all the URLs and I'm going to run it. <laughs> They're like, they don't want to know that. <laughs> they don't need to know that, you know? So Yeah, so what's interesting about that is because like, you'll universally see people kind of uh, agree with that, you know, you know, you have to sell value, so on and so forth. And what, what I've noticed personally is that you can't just sell on value to a lot of people because what happens is it's so common now. Um, if everybody is like, Hey, you know, if you give me $2,000, I'll give you a 10 X return, $20,000. Now, now what, ha- what's happened again is now everybody sounds the same. Um, and so what I found is that kind of mixing both like, Hey, like my ultimate goal is to make you money, but here's, you know, how we're going to do that also helps them a lot. And that's kind of what part of like the blueprint process does is kind of shows them the, the pudding shows them some of the work that goes into it. Um, and then just kind of briefly talk about some of the work that goes into it on the proposal as well. Uh, just because when someone is talking to someone that's not an expert, like they don't know if they're an expert or not until they talk to someone that knows way more than them. And what I find is that I get a lot of people telling me like, oh, uh, someone else that I talked to, they said, you know, X, Y, and Z is something that they're going to do. Is, is that really, is that really how this works? Is that this or this, that, that? So a lot of the times I find my, as when someone's talking to multiple people, I find myself in a position where they're relying on me as an expert to tell them whether or not the other people that they're talking to are experts. Absolutely. And some people will say anything to sell their services. <laughs> You know, be careful who you get your advice from because, uh, yeah, it's not always the right source. You know, (laughs) it's good to have a trusted advisor whom you can seek uh, that second opinion from before you go, you know, doing damage to your website or something, you know. So, um, Jared, so look, just uh, kind of finishing up uh, with with regards to the agency side of things. So, you know, a few tips for somebody who was looking to get started. Let's say, you know, it's a younger version of you sitting there somewhere interested in SEO, wants to work with local clients. You know, what would you say in terms of if they had no sales, no clients, but they were interested in in building up some business, what would be kind of your, you know, your, your first action items or your tips for that person? Sure. So first and foremost, I would say, go slow. So if you're, I mean, there's two types of people that I generally run into, either the kind of a type personality salespeople or the, um, the more technical, um, SEO types of people. And if you're on the technical SEO side of things, like I am, I would say, you know, start slow, learn everything and anything you can just absorb knowledge, ideally work for an agency where you're able to actually learn SEO, because your personality is going to be the person that's very involved in the implementation, maybe not forever, but 
very much so at the start, very much so after you have, you know, one, two, five, ten employees, you're still going to have probably a large hand in that from my own experience and from the experience of other people that have very successful businesses that are of the same personality. So if you're in that type of um, kind of personality trait, I would say, you know, start start slow, learn a lot, ideally work for an agency because you're going to be able to rely on, you know, kind of a, you know, income coming into you without having to worry about sales or all this other kind of stuff. You're going to be able to learn from other SEOs and kind of improve your knowledge. You're going to be able to test things for a large number of sites without having to worry about, you know, being able to find those people's sites in the first place. Um, you know, freelancing as well, pretty much same thing if you didn't want to work for an agency or kind of turn one into the other, kind of like I did. Um, but basically just kind of focus on honing your skills and then kind of move into an agency if that's what you want to do. I think a big mistake people make is that they everybody feels as though they have an agency in order to be happy or reach their goals. But more often than not, when I talk to people and they say, you know, my ultimate goal is to do X, Y, and Z, I find that, you know, you're going to, you know, you and one other person or you by yourself are going to be able to achieve that much more efficiently and much faster than if you were to go through the pain of, you know, starting an agency. So I would say start small and grow if you need to and when you know that that's what you want to do solid advice man and like you're learning on the job it's 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 true skill sets like you know you can go out there and start your own site or something like that you know maybe you're going to do a blog maybe you start an authority website which is kind of a different topic for us to dig into but ultimately what you're saying there is you know learn skills on the job on you know, while getting paid and then from there decide if you're going to branch out and you know start up your own agency or offer your own services on the side while working at an agency or in a marketing job like you did yourself and you know once you build those profiles up to a point where you can command a, a good fee for your services you know then you can decide which do, which do i want to do right exactly because i mean you're just going to shoot yourself in the foot if you're trying to learn how to market yourself how to uh, acquire clients how to sell clients how to and how to do seo from the ground up all at once it's going to be it's going to be way more than one person uh can ever do yeah i mean sales in itself is a really hard part <laughs> You know, right. finding the leads and getting the right people and then doing the calls and doing the proposals. It's a lot of work in that side of the business when you're doing, you know, like agency level, you know, versus like go on Upwork, make a profile, just keep pitching, you know, <laughs> like. Yeah. And I mean, another thing for people to keep in mind that I don't think everyone realizes is that I I personally made more money and worked less when I was freelancing than what I'm doing now. I, I probably made personally, I probably made three to four times than what I pay myself today. And I probably worked half the hours. It's, it's very different. You have to know what you want uh, to do. I just wasn't, you know, what I was doing just wasn't right for me. So now I'm doing uh, what I'm doing now. So I, I think, you know, you have to kind of get a certain amount of perspective to know what you actually want to do. And I think, you know, if you just start off trying to build this, like, you know, quote unquote, big agency, and then, you know, if you have five to 10 people and then you're like, oh, really, I'd, I'd rather freelance, it's going to be a lot harder to kind of backtrack there. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Choose your battles, you know, careful. Uh, Trevor Rita, Mark Manson's uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a uh, Feck. Let's, <laughs> have you ever read that book? It's funny. I tried, but I honestly didn't give a fuck about enough about the book to read it. Fair enough. Yeah. I own it, but I got like two pages into it. And I was like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I know. There's a part of it where he's like, you know, choose your shit sandwich, you know, like, you know, no matter what you do, it's going to be a shit sandwich. Whether you want to be a freelancer or whether you want to run an agency or whether you want no clients and you just want to do your own thing, they're all going to come with their own problems and headaches. So you just choose which shit sandwich you want to eat. <laughs> 
exactly. <laughs> I know it's not a very nice way of describing it, <laughs> but uh, maybe we'll beep out the curse words and keep our PG rating. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense though. You need to um, just kind of my final thoughts here is that at, at the end of the day, what you love, somebody else is going to hate. Like I work with a lot of law firms. I love working with law firms. I meet a lot of people that hate law firms, hate lawyers, and refuse to work with them whatsoever. Uh, you know, same thing with you know pretty much any sort of niche, any sort of business model, et cetera. It's going to be for some people. It's not going to be um, for others. And you know, just don't let someone else's glorification of what they're doing kind of make you think that that's what you want to do. Absolutely. And I mean, law- working with lawyers would scare me, especially in America. I personally would not go there. You know, <laughs> but like not in a million years. Whereas you know, obviously, there's a huge market for it i know they charge you know this crazy fees in america therefore offering services to those um service providers is uh you know can be a lucrative business if you niche down that's actually something we didn't touch on just i think it's it's good in the closing points like did you niche down um into specific industries or did you kind of keep it broad and open-ended with regards to the agency yeah. So I think a lot of people, when they say niche in, in kind of within the SEO space, they expect to be like, you know, I'm the SEO guy for plumbers or like I do like marketing for plumbers, whatever. So, um, but niche can be a lot more broad and what, a lot more defined than that, which is that mostly what we work with is local businesses, local service businesses, mostly B2C, a little bit of B2B um, doing SEO and PPC. And then what we're looking for within clients is a certain business acumen, a certain revenue and all kind of that stuff plays into who's our right client. Because what I found was that ultimately doing SEO for a plumber versus a lawyer, sure, there's some nomenclature differences, but the actual implementation strategy isn't isn't different enough that you can't learn the nuances within a couple hours of research. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's similar processes, really, isn't it? Trying to get them ranked in Google Maps, getting the PPC set up and then doing your on-site technical and then building links off-site. At the end of the day, it's, you know, it's a lot of the same work. Um, you know, obviously it might be more difficult for the law firms because it's more competitive, but a lot of what's going to be done is going to be similar uh, in a way, isn't it? Right. Yeah. The general, the general mindset is the same. It's just the, the biggest differences between going from niche to niche is just understanding like, uh, you know, what topics go on one page is, does this word mean the same thing as this other word? You should, you know, just kind of site structuring what's normal in this niche. What, what is this actually called or, you know, things like that. Um, but I mean, like I said, like, it's just a little bit of research just kind of will get you from one niche to another and kind of where we decide to work with certain clients depends on either experience with that niche or, um, if, if we can understand it. So like, for example, like I don't touch real estate anymore because I don't like how the market works. I don't like, I generally don't like the knowledge, the business acumen of realtors when I'm working with them and their sites have a lot of issues, especially when you consider like MLS or, uh, listing systems, which can tons of duplicate pages and like the various CMSs that they use. So like something like that, like we don't really touch, even though that would be within like, uh, you know, you could consider that a, you know, service business quote unquote or local SEO, but that's not something we do because that's just not where I like to be. So there are, it's not as defined as a niche as you can say within like two seconds, but you know, it is there. It's important. So I guess what you're getting to is it's important to know who you don't want to work with as much as who you do want to work with. Because the people, when you identify, you're like, nope, that's just, no, that's just going to be a headache and painful. And the people in that industry are very difficult to deal with. So I'm just going to keep away from that industry. (laughs) 
Yeah, and you're never gonna know right off the bat. Like a lot of people, like they start their agency, they're like, you know, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna be like the SEO guy for this. Like, you know, why? Have you ever worked in that niche? Do you know if you like those people? Do you know if you don't like those people? Do you know if there's other niches that you prefer to work in? Um, so, like, if you don't have that experience, you're not gonna know. A lot of people that I know that are just like the SEO person for dentists or law law firms or whatever, it was because they just fell into that. They got one or two law clients, and then they got a bunch of referrals, and they're like, wow, you know, like we have. 10 clients, nine of them are lawyers. I guess we'll just work with lawyers, right? So they kind of like fell into it rather than started out being like, I'm going to be the SO guy for lawyers. Yeah, look, totally hear you. But I guess we're like, I spoke with somebody before about this. I think it was Carlo on episode one. And it was, you know, what we were saying that as you work for, like, let's say you're a lawyer in New Hampshire and then you're a lawyer in Boston, like a lot of the keyword research is going to be quite similar. A lot of the, you might have already established a number of websites whom you can get links from. Like it's, it was just kind of like, it's not as hard. Whereas if you were to go from, you know, you have nine lawyer clients and then you get a landscaping client. It's like, oh, oh, hold on a minute. We got to go all the way back to the drawing board here and, <laughs> and try and figure out like, you know, you got to do everything fresh again. So I guess people can be comfortable in kind of just repeating out the the process into the different areas because a lot of it will be, um, a lot of the work, if you will, is not that it's done, but, you know, it, to a degree it may have been. All right. Jared, cool. Look, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much. So can you let us know where people can find you on the internet if they want to get in touch? Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. So one spot is just jaredspiewak.com. Um, don't update that ton, but just general thoughts is where I put that there. The agency side of things, teambluedog.com. And if you actually want to connect with me, Facebook is the best place to. I'm not really big on social media, but Facebook is the one that I'm on all the time. Awesome. I'll make sure to include everything in the show notes. Uh, Jared, once again, thank you very much for joining us. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast. Head over to the website to access the resources and links mentioned in today's episode at digitalnomadcafe.com.